Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Here's San Francisco and the incomparable forward, Rick Barry. Behind the end line, they burn him again and it's Barry. And now Rick Barry, the league's leading scorer. What a superb basketball player he is. Hi, everybody. Rick Barry here. Yes, it's time for another Rick Barry show with my cohort in crime, the famous surf man himself, uh, Cyrus Satchis. And we are delighted today to be joined by someone who has been writing for the San Francisco Chronicle for quite a few years, actually. It's been almost 20 years coming up that he's been involved with the Chronicle, and he's now the beat writer for the Golden State Warriors. So we thought it'd be great to have Rusty Simmons on. And uh, uh, Rusty, just so you know, I mean, I was almost tempted not to say, no, you can't come on because your last name Simmons, since I'm not a big fan of another Simmons <laughs> in the broadcasting world. But uh, that's not you. So uh, <laughs> thanks a lot for for joining us. Really do appreciate it very much. And congratulations on the new assignment. Right on. No, I, I appreciate you guys a lot. And uh, I'm not related, I promise. <laughs> but but Rick, I, I owe this to you, as you mentioned. I've been I've been working at the Chronicle for for almost twenty years, and and I've bugged you at least once a year, needing your brain in one of my stories. So so I, I owed you this one at least. And I want to jump in real quick too, Rusty, because I rarely meet people whose first name is Rusty. I love that name because it reminds me of the Grinwalds, Griswolds from uh, the Vacation movies. Well, I, Why did your parents name you Rusty? I'm I'm just beyond curious. What's the story behind your first name? Yeah, well, it's it's a. It's actually my middle name. It's a family name is Russell. Um, and like like you mentioned, I get the vacation movies a lot. Or I, I think there was a Seinfeld episode where there was a donkey or a horse that was named Rusty. So I, I get that more than more than anything, more than anybody ever saying, oh, I had a brother named Rusty. I hear about a dog or a horse or something. Um, but yeah, m- middle name is Russell. It's in the family forever. But I've, I've been Rusty my whole life. I've never been called anything else. All right, it's time to take a quick break to talk about our longtime official sponsor, Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Not to mention the baseball playoffs are here basketball seasons weeks away and newsflash folks you can bet on preseason games and with the new updated site and interface even more odds props and contests bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football baseball and of course what we cover the most here basketball head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit don't forget to use our promo code believe B-L-E-A-V to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And this is the Rick Barry Show. I think, Rick, so Rick, you just switched up from your computer at uh, your hotel, had a shitty Wi-Fi, and that's okay. That's standard. But now you're on the phone. So, Rick, do we have you? Yeah, we got me here. Beautiful. I hear you, Take over, I hear you guys. I hear you guys just fine. So, again, Rusty, really do appreciate you joining us. So, uh, your thoughts on getting the assignment for uh, for the Warriors? Uh, you know, how, how has that been for you from a psychological standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, uh, and just know that you're going to have a chance to uh, to c- cover a team that's kind of fun to watch? Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, years and years ago, in, in 2007, I backed up Janie Hu on the beat, and, and so got to cover the opponents' locker rooms quite a bit. Um, and then in 2009, took over the Warriors' beat, and Got to watch most all of Stephen Curry's career. Um, so, it, yeah, it's really nice to, to be back with him. I, you know, I covered such disparate franchises. I covered a team that only won 23 games in an entire year and then covered them winning 24 in a row to start a season. So um, I've seen a lot of it, and it, it kind of feels like um, this is another growing point. It, they can either get back to their championship ways or kind of start a new younger team. So it's a, it's a fun time to, to be covering for sure. All right. Well, yeah. And, and that's great. I mean, I think it's um, there's a lot of unknowns right now, uh, I think, with this team. But I, I would have to say that the number one thing that we need to talk about right away 
uh, Jordan Poole. I mean, uh, uh, you didn't hear. I, I talked about it when he first came in. I was going, oh, you got to be freaking kidding me. I mean, this guy was taking the worst shots ever. He was shooting brutal, playing no defense. I and mean, I'm going, oh, my God. And I think Cyrus and I agreed that we think that it was a wake-up call when he got sent down to the G League team, you know, to the Santa Cruz Warriors. I think that was kind of a reality check for him. And whatever he did mentally to get himself back to – focus on what he needed to do to be an NBA quality player. It seems to be working because he's, he's performing at an incredibly high efficiency rate right now. If he were to continue, this would be insane uh, the way he's producing right now. So your thoughts on, on his progression to this point. Yeah, Rick, I think you hit on a ton of it. I think a lot of it was mental and I think you're right. I think um, at the end of his rookie year, he realized, Oh, I'm playing in the NBA. Now I I can't just get along with being talented anymore. And then you're exactly right. Last year when he got sent to the G league, that was a second wake up call. That was telling him you're not ready for this yet. Um, He handled it as professional as you could. Um, Mm -hmm. He he went down there and kept working and the warriors have said all along, like he works, he he deserves this confidence because he works his tail off. And now we're starting to see it. Um, The interesting thing, Rick, you mentioned his defense. The, The interesting thing will be this year, they're challenging him to make the same leap that he made offensively last year to make that defensively this year. If he does that, we're talking about a real player. Oh, I know Cyrus, you, uh, you know, you were, you've been impressed with him as well. I mean, the thing that I, I like about it is, is that he's going to the basket. He He's still taking shots that are normally they're Steph Curry kind of shots. I mean, he's shooting from that kind of crazy distance, but he's shooting a ridiculous percentage right now. And if, if he's able to maintain that, he could be such an addition to their team because it just opens up so many areas. But my main concern with this team, man, when they play some size, I mean, they're so freaking small right now. I mean, small ball, I mean, to me, goes so far. I mean, we know when we played over the years, you have the big guys play the little guys, and that always seemed to happen, I think, on every team, on every level of competition just for fun. But when you're getting to the big time and you're playing for, for you know, against the best players in the world and you have hardly any size at all, I think you're going to run into some serious issues. Uh, and there's another one I'll get into after this, but I want to hear your thoughts on, on the Warriors' size right now. Yeah, I think you you hit on one of their biggest problems, fears, concerns. Um, Steve Kerr said flat out before the Lakers preseason game, we're concerned about rebounding. Um, and, and I think there's a reason why. They, they don't have a true center on the roster until James Wiseman comes back from meniscus surgery. Um, Kevon Looney can play a handful of minutes at a time. Um, it definitely is a lineup when Draymond Green plays center. You can make the other team change. But even in, I know it's preseason, but even in the Lakers game, we saw DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard completely dominate the Warriors. And I don't think any of us would list those two guys among, what, the top 15, 20 centers in the league? And those kind of guys are, are giving the Warriors problems. And, and that's simply who they are right now. They they don't have a lot of size. They don't have a true center that's healthy. Um, and, and this is the way they're going to have to play. They're going to have to hope that they can make more threes than the other team makes layups off offensive rebounds. Well, speaking of threes, I mean, I look at the number of three point shots that teams are taking these days is insane. I mean, I was the first game then the word they took 69 threes in the game. I mean, I mean, it's like, wow. I mean, and somebody else told me, so they don't even want to watch anymore. Say, hey, they just come down. They all shoot three point shots. Why do I want to watch that? And I think it's exciting when they do it the right way, when they pass, Pass, move, cut, get to the basket, and then something happens. You kick it out and get an open three. But, boy, when you come down and you're just looking for threes, I, I really have an issue with that. And that's the same thing. We know that the championship game, and you know you followed it, game seven, Cleveland, the last time when they played them, the last four minutes and 20 seconds of the game, and I don't know what the hell they were thinking about. That All they did was shoot three-point shots, and they shot themselves mm-hmm. out of the championship at home in a game freaking seven. Go to the damn basket, man. Put some points on the board at the free-throw line. You got two of the greatest free-throw shooters in the game, Clay and Steph. Run some plays. Go to the basket. Put some points up there. But every shot other than Iggy's layup that got blocked by LeBron probably oh. you know, saved, them, saved the game for him. That's the only play in the last four minutes and 20 seconds. I tell people – that's probably the worst four minutes and 20 seconds into game seven in the history of the NBA finals. One basket made by Kyrie Irving, a three pointer and one of two free throws by LeBron James. That was it in a game. Rick, seven. Why are you, why are you bringing all this up, Rick? What's going on with well, you here? Right. I'm bringing it up because the thing is, is that you, you have to, you have to understand it's a double-edged sword when you play with a three point shot. Yeah. If it's working, yeah. it's great. 
if it's not working, you can kill yourself. And they, they lost the championship because of it without question. I mean, you know, let's not even, we can get into it and stuff at all. They should have still won because, you know, the suspension of Greg Draymond will, yes. you know, to say mm-hmm. I die, a joke because LeBron should have been suspended for throwing him to the court the way he did. But anyway, yes. that's a whole nother <laughs> issue. So I'm concerned about, I'm just concerned about, I don't mind shooting good threes. You know, where I really like threes is when they come down, they're so good in transition. Three against two. If you can't pass in to get a layup, shoot the three. Because you really have a better chance of getting a rebound than the other team does. Because they're backing up. You're shooting the ball. You're coming forward. It's impossible for them to prevent somebody from being able to have a clear path to the basket if you miss that shot. I love it in transition. I really, truly do. So your thoughts on the Warriors and their three-point mentality now? Rick, it sounds like you're in Coach Kerr's meetings. I mean, <laughs> these are these are the things that that he's telling them too. Is um, he doesn't have a certain number of three pointers that he wants them to shoot, but like you're talking about, he wants them to be good shots, or as he says, good to great. Pass up a good shot for a great shot. Um, for the Warriors, that sometimes is. I know this sounds counterintuitive, but sometimes that is passing up a layup for a three-pointer um, if it's a good shot. Like Exactly like you're saying, he doesn't want them pulling up and jacking from 30 feet unless it's Steph Curry, right? Um, but he does like what they're doing during the preseason, which a lot of times has been drive, make the defense rotate, then kick to a three-point shot, um, or to pass up the first three-point shot to rotate it further, whip the pass around to the next guy, and an even more open three-point um offer and and that's what they're trying to do you're right they're they're gonna go through sometimes this year where it's four eight minutes where they can't make anything um but what Kerr is trying to imbue in them right now is to take good shots and and he doesn't care how many that is yeah I have no problem with that I mean he I just saw you wrote something talking about he told Iggy to I mean they told uh Draymond hey if you're yeah, open you know. shoot it you know <laughs> right, right. so I mean I mean, obviously, he's feeling that, hey, go ahead and shoot the ball. Because if you're telling that case to Draymond, and, I, you know, Draymond should go out and practice. He has to go back to the Draymond before KD. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay? Yes. And, and what he did, and we talked about this, Cyrus and I have talked about it a bunch. The way he played when KD came, he had to change his game. He didn't need to worry about scoring. Defense, rebounds, facilitate, do the other things. He has to get 10 to 15 points a game for them to be competitive. He really does. You know, he can't be just a facilitator and a rebounder and a defender. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you guys noticed this in the preseason, but Draymond's been much more effective offensively. And, and a huge part of it, I think, is not just Draymond being more aggressive, but it's that Jordan Poole is opening things up for him, right? I mean, like, Draymond is really being attacked defensively when he has the ball just because everyone understands he's the facilitator. He The offense really runs through him, even though the points mostly come from Steph. And now, all of a sudden, he's seeing the defense focus on so many other targets, you know, Steph. Otto Porter Jr. who can shoot the three. Uh, Jordan Poole, the pool party is suddenly in effect now. Um, but look, Rusty Simmons is here. You're an insider. You've it's Again, it's just crazy to me. You look so young, and, and you've been with the Chronicle for like 20 years or something close to that. I remember reading your content back when I was finishing up college, um, and you're the beat reporter for the team now and again. And I guess my first question is, uh, bouncing off what Rick's been saying about a lack of, of inside presence when it comes to rebounding and maybe to a lesser or greater extent, low post scoring. Um, Paul Millsap was out there and every indication was that if the Warriors wanted him, all they had to do is offer the mid-level exception. And there's a lot of stigma now that's been growing around Lacob, although these complaints have been quiet during the preseason because they're undefeated, but that Lacob has suddenly decided to save money. I mean, they haven't spent the mid-level exception. Um, Lacob and Gruber are billionaires. I, I just don't sympathize with billionaires saving money. Um, so, and I guess my question to you is, as someone who is, is, is an insider, as someone who covers this team as closely as anyone, um, are they trying to save money? Or like, is this part of some master plan that we just don't see? No, I, th- I think you're, you're, you're right on it. I think you hit it. They, they are trying to save money. Um, Joe Lacob said that much before the season, just talked about how much they've been hit during the pandemic and they're in the multiplier tax now. Um, and a lot of times it's the front office saving him from spending the money. A lot of times it's them telling him, I know you want to win, but this $6 million is really 18. Do you really want to do that? Are we sure that's what you want to do? Um, they're going to have that discussion again. This sounds silly to think about a 15th and final roster spot, but they're going to have that discussion again, this preseason that, they have one unguaranteed spot that they can't offer somebody and it's going to be the minimum, you know, million dollars, but it's going to cost them three. And 
they're going to have that conversation. Is it worth it to you to spend $3 million on this minimum player? Um, and that's what the Warriors are. That's every decision they have to make right now is, is that really worth it? And you're right. You, when you bring up things like Millsap, that could be a, a game changer for them. Yeah. That's a could log minutes, could rebound, could pound inside. Um, so that, that could be a game changer for them. So when you bring up those kind of points, I think the conversation is probably different when the front office and Joe Lacob have it than it is maybe for the conversation they're going to have about the 15th man, which is Avery Bradley or Gary Payton. Right. Well, is Avery Bradley's guaranteed? Is that correct? Like, don't you have to pay that money regardless? He's not. No. Yeah. He, he came, he came on a training camp invite. So um, they, they can make the decision whether he's on the roster or not. And it's unguaranteed similar, similar situation to Gary Payton and Michael Mulder right now. They're, they're all going for that spot. If the Warriors decide to use it. So I guess I have a question for both you gentlemen and Rick, starting with you and Rusty, obviously Um, in your new two guys' opinion, who should get that 15th spot? I mean, Rick, you got the, the depth chart in front of you, I hope. Uh, you, may, uh, you know, I don't know if you've done your research on this, but it's basically going to come down to either Mulder, Gary Payton II, uh, uh, Avery Bradley's in the mix, um, uh, Chioza might be in the mix. Uh, yeah, Rick, who are you thinking? Well, when you start talking about the 15 man of your roster spot, it really is a mean diddly squad. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. If, if we're worried about the 15th man, we got bigger problems. That's exactly right. If you're worried about who that 15th man is going to be, you know, it's, you know, who are you going to go ahead and, you know, make a millionaire? I mean, come on. <laughs> seriously. I mean, how many teams, very few teams, that's one of the things about Earth. Very few teams, if you realize it, go, I mean, 10 is maybe the max that anybody goes. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe 10. And come playoff time, it's usually then cut down to eight, maybe. So <laughs> it, it doesn't really matter. And here, here's the thing. A guy... That's going to be interesting to watch because I had the, had the, the good fortune of getting to watch him when my son Canyon played with him in Florida is Chioza. And those two, my son, I wish the hell that they could have played more together. and They didn't. They played so well together because my son moves without the ball. Chioza can see the floor, get, get it to people. He's a, he's a nice little energizer bunny, you know, bringing off the bench to do something that can change things. So it'll be interesting to see what he does and whether or not they ever bring him up from the G league team to give him an opportunity to be there. Who knows what's going to happen, but yeah, let's not waste too much time talking about the 15th man on the roster. Uh, uh, well, Rusty real quick, just for, just to, to fulfill the desires of those hardcore members of dub nation who are curious to know who that 15th guy is in your opinion. I love Gary Payton. The second, I don't want them to lose him. I love his, his Oakland background with his dad. I loved him in the summer league and, and some of the brief moments we saw him last year. Um, Mulder to me, and this is just an opinion, obviously, is the odd man out, in my opinion. But but who who, who in your opinion uh, is going to get that? I, I think Gary Payton would have won the job. Um, he's missed almost all of training camp with the inguinal hernia surgery, and he's going to play in the last two preseason games. So I think I think he still has a chance to go win it. It probably was his to lose, and he hasn't been able to play. Um, the Warriors have not forgotten. Steph Curry has not forgotten that Avery Bradley is an all league defender and he yeah. sees it every day in practice. I know he hasn't made a shot hardly during training camp, but man, he defends. And and if you are talking about your 15th guy, if you want a, somebody to go out there and pick up 94 feet, Avery Bradley might be the answer. There you go. There you go. You know, I got a trade proposal for both of you. If you don't mind me hearing, hearing me out real quick, would you trade Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, and I don't want to give him, I'm starting to love Moody. I don't, I don't want to throw him in there, but okay. Kaminga and Wiseman for Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Do you make that trade? I'm oh, waiting for you, right? Yeah, okay. I'll, yeah, I'll go. I'll go first. I, I tend to believe that in every trade, or this is what the history of the NBA is. You, you always trade four quarters for a dollar, right? You, you right, always take right. the, you always take the best player in the trade. Um, and, it doesn't matter who you mention on the Warriors. Carl Anthony Towns is probably the best player in that trade, unless you're talking about Steph Curry, right? Carl um, Anthony Towns is probably the best player in that trade, and especially when Curry, Green, and Thompson are closing in on the latter stages of their prime. Um, I would probably make that trade, and then in five years, I would regret it because I think James Wiseman is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, and Cats, I think I think he's still pretty young too. So yeah, Rick, what do you think? Well, I like Towns a lot. You know, I get to watch him because, you know, Canyon has been with the with the G League, you know, Minnesota team. So I've gotten a chance to see him. I've met him. I actually had dinner with him years ago. Um, very mature, uh, very intelligent young man with, with a lot of talent. Although he might get upset because he's so happy now that he has his friend, you know, Russell with him. 
who the Warriors got rid of and didn't fit in very well here. Uh, but that that would be a trade. Yeah, you're, you're getting something that you you know what. Here's the deal. You know what you're getting. You don't know what you're giving up. That's yeah. right. Yep. Yeah, there you yep, go. Exactly. That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rusty, I love that you're here with us because you're again, you're you're one of the brightest minds in, in, in sports media. I, I've, I've read been reading your content for a long time and, and you and Rick have this long history as well. Uh, can you explain to me because I and, and maybe no one cares about this except me, but I'm just I'm a curious person by nature. And that's a journalist in me. Why did Ubre leave for nothing? Like what happened with all that? Like, did they even make him an offer or did they just say bye? I mean, what happened there? Do you know? I think they tried um, to do a sign and trade deal. Um, and the Warriors have been creative over the years at this. There were even the, Rick just mentioned D'Angelo Russell coming to town. I thought it was impossible to get anything in the Kevin Durant deal. Like they knew he was leaving um, and they, they were creative and figured out a way to at least get Russell back. And then they turned that into Wiggins and draft picks. Right. Um, so I think they've been creative about it. Uh, the market for Kelly Oubre was just so low that it was really hard to get creative in that. And, and like we talked about, it also was going to be in the multiplier tax, whatever they did. And, and so I think that was part of the decision. I think there were not a ton of good offers there. And then they said, also, that's going to cost us three times that. Yeah. I, I, at some point I'm going to ask Myers that if I ever get a chance to, just cause I, I, I haven't heard any answer and I'm just so right. curious because they, they kind of blew it. I mean, I know Uber wasn't a fit, but why not trade him at mid season? If, if you really knew he that, wasn't going right. to be part of your team. That's right. I, I think that's where they messed up as much as I'll support them for this off season, having the conversations and trying to be creative about it. It didn't work. Um, but you're right. I, if you can, if you want to stab them for something, it's not doing it at mid season because they yeah. knew, they knew that, the team wasn't going to be any good, that they weren't going to make a deep playoff run. They knew that he wasn't a fit. They knew that they weren't going to get much for him. Um, or, or they might lose him altogether in the offseason, which is what happened. So I, then at that point, you take what you can get. And, and yes, they, had, yeah. they had some options, and they, they chose not to do that. Yeah, plus, plus uh, he, there was a point there where we actually was, you know, playing, starting to play well. But he has one of the most horrendous starts to a season that you could possibly have as a player. Oh, my gosh. I felt badly for him. He was just struggling. Why was he struggling? Yeah, uh, he was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Rusty Simmons from the Chronicle is joining us here on the Rick Barry Show. Um, and along with my cohort uh, in crime, Cyrus Satchis. Hey, so here's the thing. I just was looking at your one article about Iggy talking about the Warriors and how well they're moving the ball and all, which is great. And I always talk about that, that that's, that's that most teams are starting to try to copy that and doing it. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see that because I think it's better basketball. It's more fun to play, more fun to watch, but there's a problem with that right now. The Warriors are getting kind of like Steph Curry was early in his career. If freaking turnovers are just insane, they're you losing the ball, turn yep. the ball yep. over like that yep. and expect to win games against good teams. So your thoughts on that issue. No, I think I think you're right. I, I think they're really loose with the ball. Um, and I think you hit on it. That that kind of is the identity because the team mimics the best player. And Steph Curry is loose with the ball. He he doesn't he doesn't manage the ball right. He he uses his left hand, he goes behind his back. He he does it's creative and beautiful to watch when it works, but he also commits turnovers. And I think the whole team They've been given the power to play loose, to, to have fun, play with joy, right? But that is going to create turnovers. Um, and, Rick, to your point exactly, uh, they, they are moving the ball. They do pass the ball more. But we've seen this even during the preseason is they almost overpass at points. <laughs> they, they let the defense recover or pass right to the defense uh, because they're trying to go from good to great and they're trying to make a brilliant play instead of, as Kerr says all the time, not – just hit singles, not home runs, right? Um, <laughs> right. So I, I think you're exactly right. It's going to cost them at some point this year because I think they're really loose with the ball. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. turnovers do drive me crazy. They really do. Uh, it's like it's one of those things that – here's the deal. When you say when you're overpass, it's crazy because – the thing that bothers me about the overpass is the, and I've spoken about this so many times that it probably gets sick for people who have heard it before. You're not necessarily making a great pass if you make the extra pass. 
Because if Steph Curry is open from, well, forget any distance and open for a shot, throw it to somebody who's 18 or 20 feet away. It's probably a better shot by Steph than it is by the other guy, even though the other guy's wide open. And so you have to know who are you throwing the ball to and where is he in relationship to what I can do with the ball? So, you know, Steph and Clay should not be making a lot of extra passes unless the guy's under the basket for an uncontested shot. That's my thing. I mean, I'd rather have Steph than those guys. And if Cool keeps shooting the way he is, the same thing. If you're a great shooter, you don't make the extra pass to a guy that's open if you're just as good or better than him from the, sp- the spot where you are. That's right. So I- I- yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think you're hitting exactly, exactly. the. What do we hear all the time in the NBA? Know your personnel, right? Like you sh- if you're a Warriors player, you should know that Steph Curry's shot or Clay Thompson's shot is better than yours. Um, and, and you're right. It, <laughs> yeah. does, it, it doesn't matter where they're, where they are on the court. Their shot is better than yours. Um, so you don't need an extra pass in those situations. And I think that's what the Warriors have to figure out is, they're trying to play the right way. They're trying to get everybody involved. They're trying to move the ball. They're trying to move bodies and the ball. Um, but you're exactly right. If Steph Curry or Clay Thompson have the ball, have a shot, that's probably better than passing it or playing within the offense or any set that Kerr calls, right? Yeah, but I got the solution to Steph, Steph's problem, okay? I think what we yeah. need to do, I don't know if you're aware of the fact that Steph had a thing. He has to pay his mom for turnovers. You know that, right? Yeah. So she needs to increase the amount of money. Okay. Because he's making so much more money now than he was earlier in his career. And he's got to go ahead, you know, so that there's way more money on the line for those turnovers that's going to mom. I mean, she needs to step up and help the team out here. I love it. I love it. For a while, it was shoes and then it was a purse. Now, with the money he's making now, it's it's like a house. Right. Yeah, exactly. He was making a little bit more significant than doing it. I, like I know it. sometimes Steph, I love, you know how much I love Steph. I just love watching him play. And probably the reason I love him, not only because he's a great player, because he just has so much fun out there. So yeah. Yeah. I just love it. But the thing about it is he thinks that he's Steve Nash when it comes to passing. Because Steve Nash to me is the best passing point guard I've ever seen who can make every pass with either hand. I mean, I mean, bold, just bold if you evaluate. I'm serious. If you really watch and watch video and do stuff and watch all the point guards playing and watch the passes, to, you know, the way that, that Steve Nash played when he did it, man, that guy off the dribble, lefty, right. He didn't make any difference. I mean, so many other grades, you know, magic and so many other great players we can talk about, but my God, I just never saw anybody just be able to do whatever pass you need. And the thing I loved about him, if he, if the team wasn't doing well, he'd rather get 15 to 20 assists, but if you need 30, he'll get you 30. That's, that's what I love about him. This thing, the new passing, the scoring point guard all of a sudden came along. You know, give me the passing point guard. <laughs> oh, your comedy. By the way, and, 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 and I want to give credit to Steph for keeping his head high because of all the family drama that leaked out between his parents. I would yeah. have never predicted that. I thought that was the happiest couple ever. You know, I was I always maintained that uh, Del Curry was the luckiest man on the planet. Now, I, I don't know if you can still say that, but... Uh, Rusty, you you uh you cover the practices a lot. Um, you're you're at the scene. How is Clay looking? I'm seeing some video of him dunking, which kind of makes me nervous every time I see that. But I mean, in your eyes, like I mean, it looks like he's coming along great. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think this is going to be the hardest month for Clay Thompson um, because you're seeing what everybody sees and and what he feels, which is he thinks he's close. He thinks he's yeah. close to being ready, um, and he's not. He knows, he he admits vocally, it's going to be a year. So November 24th, he'll start thinking about getting in shape to play. So maybe in December or January he plays. But it's going to be really hard right now because he loves the game so much. Mm-hmm. He's feeling good. To him, it feels like he can play. To us, it looks like he can play. He can't. That's just the history and, of and why, but why? Why is it that he can't play? What are they saying? Why not? I think what they're looking at is just the history of that injury and the history of it says in a year you're close to being back and you start working your way back into game shape from that point. The Warriors have done this exhaustive look at every um, Achilles injury that's happened in professional sports. And that's kind of their timeline. Now it could be a week or maybe even a month different than what they think is going to happen. But the history of that injury shows if you come back in a year, if you come back earlier than a year, you might re-injure it or you might not ever reclaim your old self. If you come back at a year and start working your way into game shape, 
the, the trend has been that that usually works. And so that's, that's the way the Warriors are going at it. And I think, Rick, you probably know this more than, more than any of us. If you go through an injury, psychologically is often more difficult than the physical. And that's what I mean by I think this next month is going to be the hardest on Clay because it looks like, it feels like he can play. He wants to be out there. Um, and they simply know from history and from people who are way smarter than me in the medical world saying that's not right. You got to wait till you get to the year point and then start getting your conditioning back. Um, yeah, I guess that's, you know, that's smart to go ahead. And I mean, that's what they do. The history is such that why take chances that you're better off and enhancing your chance of not re-injuring yourself. If you put that much more rehab into it, get your muscles and everything stronger, give a chance for it to really the operation and everything to heal properly. So, and like you say, better to be safe than sorry in this case. And there's no reason to be rushing back at this stage. He's been out for so long. And the only redeeming thing for me is, is that I, I just, if there's ever a player that is not going to have as much of an impact on their offensive performance, it would be Clay Thompson because of the way he plays. That's right. Yep. So it's not like he's some super fast guy and always going to the basket, doing all the cutting and everything else. No, this is a guy that, I mean, come on, he, he scored 37 points and took what eight dribbles or something. <laughs> right, like, right. Like insane. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping everything is good. I'll tell you, I'm actually been working hard to try to get him to try. I have a company called ghost sleeves. And they make something for the knee that has that has uh, that has you know tape in it. All the other kinesio tape in it. They also have a, a thing for your calf and going into your Achilles that can't hurt you, can't do anything. And I've been trying through Leandro Barbosa, who, I, by the way, I love Leandro. I got to coach mm -hmm. him in the big three. What I just yeah. I love him. I mean, I told him after one game he did something. He was he apologized. What are you apologizing to me for? Without you, we didn't win this game. I said, <laughs> Leandro, if I was coaching in the NBA and I had fifteen players. Like you, with your attitude, I would think I died and went to heaven. <laughs> Seriously. That's what an unbelievable person he is. And so I've been working with him to try to get the clay. So he looked like, just try him when you're working out. Just It can't hurt you. Just give him a try and see. I wear him when I play pickleball on the knee. I have no cartilage in, and, you know, I, and it feels great. It felt so good, I put it on my other knee. I, I think he'll love the feel. And having been through it myself and knowing how psychologically you brought up, Rusty, which is a great point. After I'd had the operations, when he didn't have arthroscopic surgery and the type of surgery they have now, and it was major rehab and you get cut open. I was always like, I didn't know if, if I was, you know, my knee was going to give way. And then all of a sudden it's, I can't play anymore I, until I got involved in a really heated game, made a steal. I remember against the Dallas Chaparrales in Dallas, Texas. And I made a steal, went up in the overtime and went up and go and went up. And I just, you know, heat of the moment went up and went to dunk it in hell i probably jumped as high as I ever jumped in my life i said hey i guess my knee's okay and so i needed something like that to get over it and i just like you know hopefully you know i get clay to just at least try this stuff because if there's anything that can help you from that standpoint i mean i think it's it's a good thing you know it's not anything you want answers you. i think i'm entitled you want answers i want the truth you can't handle the truth they can't yeah, handle that's... it rick those they, they need the sleeves I mean, no, well, here's the thing is that well, I'm, I'm a big believer. I will try anything to get better that's within the rules. I mean, if you can show me a way, just like in golf, somebody showed me a way because I shot under heavy, show me to be able to putt from the side with a long putter and improve my putting so much. I will try most anything, you know, that why not? I mean, yeah. it, I mean, so just, you know, so I'm praying. I said, just give me your sizes. I'll send them to you. Try them in practice. See what you think. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, Rick, it's kind I, of I think of Rick. I think I'm going to start making some appearances at Chase Center, and if and and I'll Rusty, I'll obviously come and say hi to you when, when I come there eventually. I just I just I'm such a homebody. I never leave my house, but I'm I'm getting the gist of the media game. The Zoom links are becoming less effective for asking questions. You can't even get in there half the time because all you folks who are actually at the scene are getting all the questions. So Rick, either unless Rusty gets there first, I'll definitely start dropping some ghost sleeves. Uh, mentions to Clay if I start going down there. Well, I got um, a whole thing. I'm actually going to send off to all the trainers and all the professional sports to take a look at these things. These are one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And I just say, why would you not want to try anything at all that if it can help you and improve your performance or psychologically feel good about it and it's not going to hurt you, why why not try it? I, I don't know. It's interesting. Because they say, yeah. oh, no braces. No braces for him. We don't want him to have many braces. This is not a brace. This is just it's a sleeve. sleeve. It's a sleeve. With a sleeve. With the kinesio tape in it, they can't hurt you. <laughs> and it's got proven. So anyway, we'll see what happens with that one. I, totally. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Clay would try it. I mean, he is he is into 
anything that's not a foreign substance in his body, right? He's exactly the competitor that you're talking about, Rick, that yeah. will try anything to get an advantage. Um, and, and I think you got the right guy to, to bring it to him because Leandro Barbosa is universally <laughs> loved and respected. So if he says something, I think Clay will, Clay will definitely give him his ear. Yeah, but I haven't got I haven't gotten the size yet, so I can't send anything off to him because I don't know <laughs> exactly. I'm sure he's probably going to be a large, but I'm not sure. I mean, I just want him, to, you know, just the hell to try it. I'm just trying to help him. That's all. Yeah, that's all you're trying to do. I hear you. But and and, and by the way, I love Clay Thompson's uh, sense of humor when it comes to film. I mean, whether it's Jackie Moon from Semi Pro, he's dropping some some great stuff on social media from the movie Old School. Uh, I I do I love Clay. Who doesn't, right? Um, Rusty, I know you got to go. We're, we're taking up a ton of your time. I think you're traveling to LA, right? To to go with the team. Is that correct? I am. As long as uh, Southwest has some pilots today, I'll, oh, I'll, yeah. find, I'll find my way down to LA. <laughs> All right. So I got two final questions, uh, and, and then I'm done. Uh, first of all, we were talking about Steve Nash a moment ago. And, and this question is obviously for both, both of you. Uh, it looks like Kyrie Irving is only going to be available for road games this entire year. They managed to find a loophole and get him in for practices. But imagine a game seven at home in the playoffs. And he can't play in it because he doesn't want to take a vaccine. In you two's opinion, what's going to happen there? Are they really going to year, Or do you think he's going to give in and take the vaccine? Or are they going to trade him? What are your thoughts? Well, I had an old journalism professor who used to always tell me to follow the money. And that's probably what I should have done with Andrew Wiggins. I, I instead, I reported what he said, which was, uh -huh. I'm standing my ground. I'm not going to do this. And then a week later, took the vaccine and I should have just followed the money. Um, <laughs> so that, that's what I think about Kyrie Irving, too. He, he is about the biggest wild card in the NBA. So anybody trying to predict what he's going to do is probably wrong. Um, but it almost always comes back to the money. And, and when those game checks stop coming, people usually uh, change their mind a little bit. Yeah, I just I, I don't know. How do you how do you have a team to function with, with a, a guy that's only going to play and road games? I, and I just I don't right. understand. I really don't. I, 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 so you practice with them. But, oh, it's OK. But no, home, he's not going to play. I mean. I don't know. It's it's the craziest thing ever. But I will tell you one thing that I've done more research, Cyrus, on stuff. And I've got more and more things that I've seen and stuff that's reporting and getting out there. I'm telling you, this virus thing is a big, big deal. And I don't think most people are really well educated enough on it to know there are so many deaths that have happened with this that have not been reported. There's so much more coming out with so many other things that I don't blame a guy for really feeling so strongly about it. And to be forced right. into taking this vaccine just because they say, well, we need to do this and somebody made the decision to do it. I have a real problem with that. I really, truly do. But again, you don't want to get sick and, and stay around older people or other people who have some problems and all. But man, oh, man, I I, I don't know. I, we could spend the whole show talking about this and bringing up some of the information that I've read. I just got something from a, from a well-known psychiatrist guy talking about some stuff, psychiatric guy talking about what's happened and how this is really learning and it's been all about controlling people. People say it's a conspiracy theory. But then I, I read a lot of stuff from another site from these other doctors who are really well-renowned doctors. And they're talking about the problems with the with with the uh, with the virus and with the shot and the problems it's caused. I mean, hell, you know, I know my wife got some Bell's palsy from this. Unfortunately, it wasn't bad and it went away, but there's a lot more to it. And so I don't think everybody should feel that just because they said this is good, that it's better. No, it isn't necessarily better. I mean, you have just as much a chance of getting that virus, even if you if you had it, and you had antibodies, you might actually be safer to having the antibodies than taking the shot. So yeah, it's, anyway, it's a it's a complex issue. There's no question about it. Really, that. It, really, it really, it truly is. One real quick about one other player we just mentioned him briefly, and you brought yeah. him up, Cyrus. Yeah. Is that what about Moody? I mean, Moody looks like he's a pretty nice player. I mean, he's got some experience. He's a guy that probably is a little more mature. Yeah, and uh, seems as though he might be a nice uh, a nice addition to the team. Your thoughts on Moody? Yeah, he's remarkable to me because he is 19 years old, um, but he doesn't talk like it and he doesn't play like it. He, as he told me, he he grew up around old souls, so he kind of is a mature oh. speaker and that's oh. the way he carries himself in life. Um, and I think it translates on the court. Uh, I don't know that he's ever going to be a star, but I think he's a very good complimentary player. He, he knows what he's supposed to be doing on defense. He's, he's a really good help side defender um, and he knocks down open shots and 
I, I don't know what kind of passer he is yet. I, I keep hearing that he can actually be a playmaker, that even on some of his AAU teams where he was maybe the fourth best player, that he was the playmaker. Um, so I think there's even more to his game than I've seen so far. But but he knocks down shots. He carries himself the right way. He's already a help defender. And, and at 19 years old, that, you don't see that very often. And you know what? Let's take. Let's face it, Cyrus. You know, let's face it. Sorry, cut you off, Cyrus. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Go ahead. Hey, the Warriors' success during the great run that they have, a good part of that success, a very significant part of that success, was their bench. And he's right. the kind of guy that could be a nice guy to be one of those bench guys that can come in. And not only when during that time did they come in and be able to hold fort, like they say. No, guys would come in sometimes when they're behind, get them back in the game, or they come and increase the lead. And so the bench is such a critical element to a team. And he's the kind of player, just from what I'm watching a little bit, saying, you know, he be, might be one of those guys that you can count on to bring in and come in off the bench to know that he's going to perform well for you on both ends of the court. Yeah, and, and, and I was going to add, you know, uh, a lot of mock drafts had Moody going like the top seven, and for him to fall to the Warriors at 14 was incredible. You know, some people say the preseason, you shouldn't put much weight into it. Other people actually think the preseason is a strong indicator of things to come. It depends. But, I mean, certainly Moody's stock has risen from the preseason. Kaminga's is kind of like maybe even dipped just a, just a notch. Um, it, there's so much room for excitement. And I guess what we can, we can, at least my final question for both of you to, to wrap up my part of this is, you know, the, the regular season starts in a week, which is insane. And I'm so excited. I mean, for Warriors basketball, NBA basketball to me, when that's on, life is normal. Um, what are your predictions for this Warriors team? What's going to happen here? Your thoughts? I mean, it, this it's such a weird one because the whole season hinges on Clay Thompson being healthy. And that's basically for the last, what, 30, 35 games. Um, so we're going to watch – Bob Myers put it this way, and I think it makes so much sense. We're going to see different iterations of the Warriors this year. We're going to see them without Klay Thompson. Mm-hmm. We're going to see them as they try to get Klay Thompson back into the mix, and then we're going to see what they look like when he's healthy. Um, so if they can stay around 500 without him and then start working him back in there, I think I think it's realistic to be a five or a six seed in the West. And even if it's seven or eight, I don't think there's a lot of teams in the West that want to play him in the first round. No. Yeah, I, I, I would I would agree. And it's 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 all it's all predicated on what's going to happen with Clay and the, the development of the other young players and how quickly they come along. I just don't understand how you can have a meniscus thing and be out this long, though, talking about, you know, injuries. Yeah. Yeah. With the you know, meniscus. I mean, come on. What What's the story on this? Why is it taking him so long? I mean, my God, I. I didn't have arthroscopic surgery. I had got cut open and do stuff and I was back playing within six to eight weeks. And you're talking about so, Wiseman, you mean? Well, yeah, Wiseman. There's got to be yeah, some yeah. complications. There's got to be something else there besides a meniscus. Are they allowed to lie about that? I mean, I don't think they are. I, I don't know. No, I, I'm just saying they may not be lying, but they may not be telling us everything. I, uh, I had this. I had the same questions that, that you did, Rick. And I talked to one of the top surgeons here in the Bay Area who said, this is about the right time frame, especially for a seven-footer. Um okay that, you know, it takes a little bit longer to heal. And the Warriors are being super cautious with him. He's 20 years old, and they're thinking about the rest of his career. Um, But you're right. I had in that story where I talked to the surgeon, I had so many examples of guys who didn't just have the artho, that had a full surgery and were back in four, six, eight weeks and back playing at at a great level. So um, I understand it. It was confusing to me, too. I think the Warriors are being really cautious with him, and, and and that's probably the right move. I mean, he is he is huge and young, and his his future means so much to him that getting him out there for an extra ten games maybe maybe is not the most important thing. And the reports are saying that I don't know what that. Uh, then the reports are saying that he's he's put on muscle. I mean, what are you are you seeing that as well? He's big. Like, he's he's big. Yeah, it's not it's wow. not like it's not like he's just he's just sitting around. He's when he couldn't be on his feet, he was in the weight room. He, he's big. He's he's uh, put on he's put on muscle, and and it sounds like you got you guys heard him and saw him last year. He's so hard on himself. Um, it sounds like he's maybe matured in that way too. That, that this year has told him, hey, it's not going to be perfect. I understand this is what I'm going through. I'm not going to be great right away, but I can be great eventually. And and it sounds like his mindset has changed on that a little bit because you saw him last year. If one thing went wrong, he was just so hard on himself, beat himself up because he wanted greatness and it wasn't going to happen right away. Are you concerned about the one thing about him that I've talked and I talked with? I, 
and who I respect so greatly. My teammate Clifford Ray, who, you know, I think is, has been the best big man's coach that this game has seen. And, 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 you know, and somebody should be using him. I mean, if I were the Warriors, I would hire Clifford Ray to come and work with Wiseman. I really would. Every big man he's been around, he's taken them to levels that they've never been before. The guys respect him so much, but about Wiseman, does he have, a real natural feel for the game. Yes, he's got incredible talent, run, do stuff, athletic, whatever. But taking him and refining him, I don't know if you can teach, you can't teach a feel for the game. So I haven't got a chance to watch him enough because he's hardly played enough to see if he's got that feel for the game. But man, oh man, if I were the Warriors, I, I would I would bring Clifford in. They brought him down to the G League team and stuff. Why not bring him in and have him just when he's around and not having to go on the road trip and stuff, but just work with Wiseman on his way back and, and teach him what the center position is about, because just look at who he's, what he's done with it. Hell, he had Sean Bradley when he was a Butch Beard at New York right. getting triple doubles, triple doubles at the end of the season with points, rebounds, and block shots. And then they just, I mean, you can just go down the list of what he did. A Donald Foyle, right? I mean, got it made Donald a better player. You know, he made, I mean, all these guys. It's, but anyway, that's just my thinking. And if they spend so much money and waste so much money, you know, pay him a decent amount of money and it would be worth every penny of it if he could take Wiseman and bring Wiseman to a whole new level, which I think he could do. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right. I, every you're you're hitting on all of some of my favorite guys, Leandro Barbosa and Clifford Ray. I mean, yeah. everybody in the league loves Coach Ray and um it would be fantastic. I think the Warriors, I they didn't make the same decision, but I think they identified that, that they needed a big man coach to work with Wiseman on specific low post stuff, big man stuff, to try to help him learn the feel for the game, if you can do that, right? Um, they brought in uh, Jokic's old coach, and that's what they're going to try to do. Like it, it could have been Clifford Ray. It could have been another great big man coach. But I think they identified um, that, that Wiseman does need some of those basic fundamentals. He needs to start learning that. Then he can get a feel for the game. Um, Rick, you hit on a huge point that that I also don't – I don't know if you can learn it. Like It's usually kind of an innate thing. Um, and Wiseman just hasn't played much. You know, he, right. he he's missed two preseasons. He's missed two summer leagues. He played three college games. Um, so I think even if he does have that innate feel for the game, um, he just hasn't – Played enough for it to develop. Yeah, it has to be refined. It has to that's be refined. That's a good way to say it. Yeah. yeah. And his lack of history is always is literally my one huge concern with him because there's no track record. Like you said, I mean, he could end up being an injury prone player who has talent but just never plays. Yeah, it's and that's why I bring up the cat thing because if that trade is there, I mean, I don't know if the Warriors are seeking anything like that, but I feel like you pounce on it if possible. Um. Anyways, Russ, you got to go, man. We've taken up so hey, much Russ, of your time. Yeah, and you can follow Rusty Simmons on Twitter at Rusty underscore SF Cron. Anything else you'd like to promote, Rusty? Any books coming out? Any, you know, you name it, whatever you want to promote. No, just just back on the uh, on the 82 game grind and looking forward to it. I, I ran into Coach Michael Malone, who was with the Warriors years ago before yeah. the Denver game the other night, and we both just sat there for a moment and we're like, can you believe they pay us to do this? It's so I. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk to you guys. I appreciate the opportunity to write for the Chronicle. And for some reason, they, they pay me to watch Stephen Curry on a nightly basis. Oh, there's a good reason. Mark, you're you're actually – no, there's a good reason. You have talent, man. I don't I don't say that about many people. And I, I'm really stoked we finally met. I know it's only virtual, but – and I know you, Rick, have your history going back many years. But um, really nice to meet you. Hope we do it in person someday soon. And hope we get you back on soon, man. I mean, it's a long season, so we'd love your insights. Definitely. Like, like I said at the beginning, I've, I've bugged Rick uh, every year on the year. So, so anytime he needs me, I'm in and, and Cyrus, good to, good to meet you virtually. And Thanks, hope, hope, hope you do get out to chase so we can hang out a little bit. I'm going to. Yeah, Thanks. Soon, for sure. Take care. Safe travels. Stay well. God bless. Right on. Thanks. Thanks. Later, Rusty. Take care, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's always fun when you get somebody on who really understands the game has been around yeah. it for a time and get somebody else's input who sees them on a regular basis so that was great uh great to Agreed. have him on uh we may be having we're gonna have another another show coming up and uh we're gonna have a, a fun person on that i've known for a long time uh, yeah our, our 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 friend chris townsend who used to work with us at knbr um he was originally hoping to get him on today but then 
Uh, I didn't hear from him for a long time for confirmation. And I've been wanting Rusty on the show for a long time. And he, he said, he's free. I'm like, Rusty, you're coming on today. And then Chris Townsend will tape with him on Thursday. And then you are, uh, you're in Utah, right? I don't think the audience yeah, I'm playing in the, the world, the world, uh, the Huntsman world games for seniors. And so I'm playing in it with pickleball with, the. Uh, Ted Meyer, who's a former national champion and all. And so hoping that, that I can play well enough to not be a burden to him and hopefully have, <laughs> have a chance to win. Well, I know that our success, our success is, without question is going to be predicated on how well I play. I have to play at a high level in order for us to win. If I don't play well, we're, we're not going to win. So, and I, I can accept that. I, I like the challenge and, and I'm, uh, I'm to be honest with him, I'm honored that he called me, you know, about, about, you know, joining him to be his partner in, in this event, which he's played in before. And uh, so we'll see. It's going to be it's going to be fun to see how, how it plays out. Is there is there a, a way for people to watch you playing this? No, or is this pretty, no, okay. they don't they do anything with there. They, they have gotcha. the PPA, the Professional Pickleball Association has stuff on all of the time and they have tournaments that they go. And I go to those with Medisaleaf, the uh, the cannabinoid company. I'm involved with them up in Santa Rosa. And, you know, Don Schaefer, the owner of the company, and Cheryl, who uh, who are Cheryl Heller. They're they're great people. I'm working with them and great product too. That's another one. If you go to, if you go to medicinalleaf.com and you put the number 24 in, you can get a discount on any of the products there. They're awesome products. And also, go to uh, ghostsleeves.com and you put RB24 in, and you can get a really nice discount on any of the products they have, which I highly recommend. Both of these things. I use them myself without, and I, and I, I know I love them. I mean, you know, hopefully you'll love them as well. So uh, yeah, absolutely. And you can also hire uh, Rick to send a personalized uh, greeting by going to cameo.com. And so Rick, this is something really exciting. I was, I was uh, speaking with the founder of believe uh, that the podcast network we're a part of yesterday. Um, He, first of all, is going to put us on the front page, which I'm really excited about. And um, so next year, and this is, I'm really stoked on this, Rick, and you might be as well. They're going to open like an e-commerce shop where each show could potentially have like their own line of t-shirts. So hopefully uh, sometime next year, sooner than later, people can literally buy, for example, a t-shirt that just says like 24 Berry on it. And then we get a cut of it and believe gets a cut of it. And, and I hope, we, I hope that happens. I mean, I feel like we could actually make some decent money off this thing. Um, but that's, so that's something to look forward to. If people want to buy some t-shirts with, uh, and, and again, they'll, they're going to welcome our ideas for the graphics that go on these tees. So I'm excited about that. Hopefully that'll happen soon. And, um, and then, yeah, and then like I said, Thursday, Chris Townsend's coming on. He loves you, man. Like we were like, we always reminisce. And he said, he used to, to in with you for on your show. Uh, for segments and yeah the moment i proposed it he was all over it so we're gonna do that on thursday and rick always a pleasure sir man i always have so much fun doing this with you thank you yeah it's always a lot of fun just let me so i let people understand and do it i'm not doing this show for the money trust me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah same no, here yeah it's not, it's not like i can i could actually go ahead and, and just feel you know, really and truly retire doing that I mean, hell i didn't make it that i played basketball in the nba to retire i mean it's uh <laughs> It is what it is. No, we're having everybody, fun. Listen, we're having everybody fun. stay well. We'll look forward to talking to you next time. God bless everybody. Presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.